Hello and welcome to another episode of Football Talk Podcast. My name is Ozzy and I'm your host for today's show. Now we're in match week 15 and there were some big games, some big results, as well as some big news developing today, which we'll speak about in more detail. So let's go no further than the first game, which will be Tottenham versus Liverpool. So as you got this prediction right in my uh, match preview show last week, so yeah, happy about that prediction there. We've got the 2-1 there. But I actually predicted Spurs to start a formation that never really happened. I was expecting them to play a 3-4-3 formation and instead Conte pretty much went ultra-defensive and played a 5-3-2 formation, which really surprised me. I know his tactics can be very cautious but I feel like when you're the home team and you're playing against the Liverpool team that this season haven't been very consistent, it would have been the perfect time to test them and try to see how resolute they are um, as a collective, especially as a lot of the Premier League teams target the Liverpool fullbacks. So I thought maybe playing with three attackers would have been the best way to start the game and then maybe change the tactics as the game went on. But that wasn't the case. Liverpool, for me pretty much showed their dominance from the first 10 minutes. They were fantastic in the first half. Salah's goal was a great one. Low cross from Robertson into the box. Nunes showing composure and calmness on the ball, passes it to Salah, and he beautifully cushions the ball and it lashes it on in one move practically and hits the back of the net. So great goal. Great play from Nunes. The one player that I feel like has shown he's a bit erratic, to say the least, in terms of his overall um, overall play and even his finishing in, in some shape or form. So I feel like he's learning off plays like Salah where he's understanding his more awareness when he's on the pitch and picking out the right passes. So productivity, productivity sorry, is definitely improving, to say the least. Spurs actually came very close to equalising as Kane crossed the ball towards Perisic. He tried to head the ball, but somehow he hit Alisson on the shoulder and off the post. So definitely a close call there. That easily could have gone in. The second goal for Liverpool. Now, I don't know if that counts as Alisson assist because he played a big part in it. But regardless, uh, he produced a long pass towards the defensive area of Tottenham. Eric Dyer mistakenly tries to head it back to the goal, but didn't realise that Salah was scheming behind him like a predator. And he applies a lovely dink over Loris. And what a goal it was by the Egyptian king. Harry Kane gets the consolation goal. Nice finish from a tricky angle. And I feel like when Kulusevsky was introduced, definitely looked like a different team. But at that stage, for me, it was too little, too late for Spurs, who improved but it wasn't enough in the end so overall a great win for Liverpool I saw Conte taking a little dig at Klopp in terms of his setup or the performance of Tottenham pretty much living rent free in his head right now but I feel like Conte should be deploying a more positive approach to games especially the formation that he sets out because he actually now has the personnel to do it he might disagree and say he still needs a few more players to mount a serious challenge for the top four. But even when he's in post-match conferences, he's always talking like his team's not a decent team, like they're a very small team. So 
obviously remains to be seen in terms of his mentality there because I feel like Tottenham do have some good players. They do play some decent football. This season, probably not as much, but Tottenham fans, let me know what you think in terms of Conte's start of the season. Is he still the right man for you guys? Because some fans I've I've spoken to, I've read online, have already shown dissatisfaction in terms of how Tottenham are playing. You're, you're known to play good, attractive football and it's not being viewed at the minute. So, interesting time for Tottenham there. As I mentioned earlier on in the show, big, big news regarding Liverpool. So, FSG have confirmed to some extent that the club is up for sale. They haven't made it clear in terms of if the club is for sale altogether or they are willing to have new stakeholders as part of the regime. Uh, I think it's safe to say that the club is for sale, but they've probably mentioned stakeholders to kind of use it as a safety blanket in case they don't find a buyer right now. There's already rumours circulating that there's a Norwegian businessman that wants to invest in the club. There's the Dubai Royal family who've always had high interest in acquiring Liverpool over the past, I would say, 10 years. They've been really trying to get, get the club before FSG did. And Makesh Ambani as well from India is another uh, party that's interested reportedly. So... My view on the whole FSG putting the club up for sale is good news, to say the least. If you watch my show, I've not really been FSG in or FSG out. I've not really been under any of those sort of camps. I've always been in the middle. I've always had a more logical thought process in terms of how I think they've done as owners. Personally, I think they've done really well, considering business the business model that they've deployed. I like the approach where you buy players of high potential and then transform them into elite players. I think that was the way to compete with the likes of the big financial powers in Chelsea and the FS, the sorry, PSGs and the Cities and the Real Madrid and the Barcelona. So I've been very impressed in terms of how that model was deployed when Jurgen Klopp joined the club, for example. I think once we started becoming more successful where we won the Champions League and then when we won the Premier League, the model was never adapted. It was still the same model. Since we've won the Premier League, we haven't really invested heavily in the squad. Yes, some will point out you signed Thiago, you signed an 85 million striker, even though he wasn't 85 million. It was 65 plus add-ons. But those players were bought based on selling current players to accommodate for those players to come in in terms of financial, um, the financial transfer fee there. So, so yeah, I've been very impressed in terms of what they've done, but I feel like right now, naturally, it's the end of the cycle. I think they've pushed or they've done as much as they could for Liverpool. They acquired the club for 500 million and now it's valued at 4.5 billion. So financially, they'll get some sort of gain as well as they sell the club. But I feel like the next owners, for me, they need to be a bit more football-focused where they have a passion or interest in the sport rather than viewing the club as a business venture. That's very important for me. So, yeah, it remains to be seen who the new owners will be. But I'm happy. I wouldn't say I'm jumping for joy. I'm just pleased that FSG have actually come to a realisation that the club has hit, or the ownership has hit its limit 
and they can only take the club as far as they can, which is the current uh, shape right now. So a lot of owners might not have accepted that and they probably would have tried to stick around and get as much financial gain as possible. So have to give them sort of plaudits in terms of realising that and actually taking Liverpool Football Club's interest um, in regards to the next move or for the next cycle to say Lily. So if you're a Liverpool fan, let me know what you think about FSG putting the club up for sale. Are you happy? Are you saddened because of the way they operate business or you're not hugely fussed? Let me know what you guys think. Just got a comment here from Madison Smith. So thank you, Madison, for your comment. I respect Conte's resume, but do we tend to overvalue him? That's a good point. Maybe. Um, I think it depends the type of team that he's managing. So his major success has been for Italian sides like the Juventus and Inter Milan's, where I think his style or his approach of play or tactics suits the Italian way of playing football. In England, we're not really accustomed to those type of tactics. We're accustomed to playing more high-end football where it's more intense, uh, more pressing, more aggressive in terms of even attacking and defensively. So because of that success, I think that's always the selling point for Conte. Oh, he's been successful in Italy. He's done this. Even when he had that short spell at Chelsea, he did this, he did that. So looking at what he's done for Tottenham, I think he's he brought a bit of stability in terms of Defensively, they weren't conceding a lot of goals last last season. But in terms of how they're playing football, that's not what Tottenham have been used to over the years. They've always been known as a team where, regardless that they haven't won a lot of trophies, they've always played very attractive football. So, so yeah, I do feel like it is a bit overvalued sometimes. But I, I think because you, when you look at his resume of the number of trophies he's won, you know he can pretty much have something to stand on there. But Remains to be seen. I do feel like he needs to change his approach going forward. This type of football for me won't guarantee top four football and it certainly won't guarantee any title challenges in, in the years to come. So let's see how it goes for Spurs in the long run. The next game that I'll review is a Chelsea versus Arsenal game. So have to be honest, what a dominant and impressive performance by the Gunners. They never really gave Chelsea a chance for me looked really flat throughout the game and just seemed to lack ideas in the final third it was also the return of Aubameyang it was his first game against his old club and to be honest he had a quiet performance uh, didn't really have a foot in the game the winning goal itself came from a corner I think poor defending from Chelsea part where two Chelsea players I believe it was Thiago Silva and Havertz tried to clear the ball went underneath them Goes through towards Gabriel, who pretty much slid into the back of the net uh, with the ball to score score the winning goal there. Overall, a fantastic win for Arsenal. Now, after every match week, the question is always raised, are, are Arsenal genuine title contenders? My personal thoughts are at this stage, it's still too early to say. And I don't want to come across as a hater or anything like that because I think Arsenal have been fantastic so far this season but it's still only November there's a lot more football to play if they're in the same position come 
February, March, then obviously we'll definitely have this conversation and have to take them more seriously. But right now, it could be a thing where they're just having a great first half of the season. And let's also take into consideration as well, the World Cup is taking place now. So with the World Cup, injuries and players out of form can happen in that second part of the season for everyone. So it is one of those tricky seasons that we've probably never encountered in terms of having a World Cup mid-season. But it'll be interesting to say the least. But right now, they fully deserve to be leading the league table, in my opinion. They've managed to grind out wins that maybe last season they weren't capable of doing. So they've definitely improved. I think they'll definitely be in the top four end of the season. I think goes without saying. But yeah, we'll see how how their, their winning run goes in the Premier League. Now, the next game that I'll review is Man City versus Fulham. So the prediction I did was a 4-0 prediction to Man City. So I got that completely wrong. It was still a Man City win. But having said that, it was a bit of a controversial one. So the game started with Alvarez playing a more central role, which is his natural position. He takes up the opportunity and scores from the, uh, I'll say in the first half, with a great strike, hitting the crossbar and in. So a great goal from the Argentinian defense, uh, striker there. Cancelo concedes a penalty after nudging Wilson to the ground and pretty much stamping on his chest afterwards as well. Gets a red card. And for me, it was the right decision. Fulham get a penalty and Pereira converts it with ease, hitting the bottom corner. Haaland gets introduced to the game, makes an instant impact um, from a corner. I think it was a freak, I can't remember now. But regardless, the, the headed goal was unfortunately ruled out by offside. Tough decision as it now is like measured by millimeters now in terms of your body position. But based on the letter of the law, it was the right decision. But late in the match, controversy definitely hit. Um, Kevin De Bruyne dives, dives to get a penalty. No point of sugar coat, in my opinion. The blatant dive from Kevin De Bruyne. I think Tom Daly would have been proud of that one. So that's how well it was executed. Nevertheless, Haaland steps up. Normally, he smashes these sort of opportunities in, but it was a tame effort on goal. Lucky for him, it goes underneath Leno, who definitely should have done better, in my opinion, as it was a poor save from him. But regardless, lucky three points for Man City there, and they continue to breathe behind Arsenal's back in second position. So, not the prettiest of wins, but they all count nevertheless. Just got a comment here from the Kings Football Show. Big up, Ozzy. Just subscribe. Thank you very much, Kings Football Show. Really appreciate your support. Next game, Aston Villa versus Manchester United. So my prediction was correct in terms of the outcome. I predicted Aston Villa win. Not the same score, I predicted the 1-0 win. But regardless, the new manager effect definitely was, was on show. Three points for Unai Emery, who managed his first game as the Villa manager. I have to be honest, and I'll say this with a little bit of satisfaction, Villa destroyed United in this game. Leon Bailey opened the scoreline with a nice left foot finish. I was cheering for, for Leon Bailey, actually, as I have him in my FPL team. So nice points for me there in terms of my overall tally there. Luca Dean hit a beautifully cold free kick with his left foot to make it 2-0. 
Luke Shaw gets one for United with his deflected shot that hit Jacob Ramsey on his back and into the back of the net. But Jacob Ramsey definitely had the last word as he smashed it in the top corner and scored a fantastic goal to make it 3-1 for Aston Villa. So great start for Unai Emery. Looking forward to see how he transforms this Villa team. As I feel like there's a lot of talented players there. Jacob Ramsey being one who, for me, has a, a ceiling to hit where I think the sky's the limit for him. He's a top talent for me. Got some good solid players in the squad as well. So we may to see how he does. Good evening, Didwell. Great comment from King's Football Show. There definitely was a good evening uh, after that result. Next game, Southampton versus Newcastle. So Newcastle in a roll right now. They're demolishing anything that comes in front of them. And Southampton were the ones that <laughs> that, that got a bit of a whipping there. Almiron just looks like a man possessed right now. He's running through on goal like a bullet train and he's just hitting the bottom corner. I genuinely believe that the comments made by Jack Grealish from the title celebration hit a nerve and maybe it's been used as motivational for Amaron to get the best out of him because he's a changed person, he's a changed player. Like Even the way he plays on the pitch, he's got a different look about him. He's more aggressive, he's a bit more focused than he normally was. And it's a shame because he was never, in my books, he was never seen as an awful player. So for Grealish to make that kind of comment was definitely disrespecting. But this might this might help him hit a new level now because he's showing great consistency in his game. He's been scoring in consecutive games. I think he scored in the last four or five games. So Newcastle are getting the rewards for whatever's triggered that button. It's, it's working for them. Chris Woods, he manages to get his first goal of the season with a nicely curled shot. Willick also gets on the score sheet as he goes one-on-one with the keeper, finds the bottom corner. Southampton get a consolation goal um, as their winger, Bernoud, um, he skips past Burn and smashes in the top corner. Newcastle get the fourth goal with a fantastic long-range strike from Bruno Comeres, who we should congratulate, actually, as he's just been selected for the Brazil's World Cup squad. And to be honest, thoroughly deserved. He's been sensational for Newcastle since he joined in January. So, yeah, great win for Newcastle. I believe they're in fourth position still, so they're doing fantastic in the in the league table. Another piece of breaking news from this morning regarding Southampton as they sacked um, Ralph Hassan-Hartle. My thoughts on that sacking, it's... It's, it's been a long time coming, to say the least. He really hasn't excelled as a manager, I would say, and even the team. Um, and this summer in particular, they invested a lot in the squad. And fortunately, there was no rewards for that. They have, they've been really struggling to climb up the table. So no huge surprise, especially with that large investment that happened. They're expecting not immediate results, but they're expecting some kind of progression and it just hasn't happened. They've been strongly linked with Luton's manager, Nathan Jones, which for me, no disrespect, is a bit of a strange one. I think considering that they've signed some really good youngsters in the summer and they've just recruited one of the best scouts, I think it's from Scouts as well, from uh, Man City, they should be looking at a more experienced manager 
I think that would have been a better fit, in my opinion. Nathan Jones, I wouldn't, I don't know too much about him in terms of his managerial career, so it remains to be seen if he does become the new Southampton manager. I just would have expected a bit more ambition in terms of acquiring maybe maybe a Pochettino return. I think that's probably a bit too much to ask, but even someone like a Rafa Benitez, who would have just come in and use his experience very well for a young team like this but there could be so many names that i could have mentioned but yeah it's, it's a bit of a strange one to say at least but if you're a southampton fan drop a comment let me know what you think about the sacking was it deserved and who would you like to see come in in, in a more sort of realistic world there before i conclude another comment here from madison smith i understand the caution around calling arsenal type contenders, but i feel like we as a fan base wanted our team to have a different mentality the fan base also needs to shake that inferiority complex that that that's a fair point i think you have every right to kind of feel like title contenders right now uh you've wanted that change as well and credit to i would say your director of football edu who i think has done a fantastic job he signs players where I know for a fact Arsenal fans were like, what on earth are we doing? Player that comes to mind was Ramsdale. A lot of players, a lot of fans didn't believe that that was the right goalkeeper for you guys. And he's done a pretty much very good job for you. And there's been players where they might not be big names or young prospects that you've never heard of, but they've flourished. Like Martinelli is like a masterstroke signing. I think every club would like a player like him in, in your team. Or the guy was... Always a player that was regarded with high potential, but never really set set the world alight. I think he went on a couple of long spells as he was owned by Real Madrid. But playing for an Arsenal where he's kind of off his shackles and kind of does what he wants now. So, so now I think recruitment has been very pivotal in terms of your rise in the last couple of years. Credit has to go to Arteta as well. I think from a tactician point of view he's definitely improved there was a lot of naivety when he was first Arsenal manager in certain games game management was in question in terms of how he deployed tactics and how he set up teams especially in the latter stages of a game so that's certainly improved so yeah so I think look I'm speaking more as a neutral fan where I don't want to say Arsenal are 10 title contenders in the next week I change my, my opinion for me, I feel like they're in the wrong, they're in the right stride for being title contenders this season. I even made a bold prediction earlier this um, before the season started that Arsenal are a dark horse. So, so yeah, as a fan base, shake off that inferiority complex. Yeah, I guess it is what it is. But well, as you know, football fans, we can be emotional. So, you know, say it with your chest. Enjoy this moment. Yeah, let's see, let's see how the season goes. So, long way to go. A lot of games to play. But it makes the league more exciting to have more teams involved in that title challenge. So, so yeah, we'll see how that goes. Before I conclude, I will announce the FPL Manager of the Week. There's actually two joint winners this week. So, the first is Abbas Karoni. His team is called Abbas, which is basically self-explanatory there. And also Regan Willie, whose team is called First Nation. So well done to you both. Uh, both uh, managers attained 81 points, which is a fantastic uh, scoreline. 
think the average was around 60. So that's definitely good points there. And you're both climbing up the league now. I think Abbas, you're in the top 10, so you're doing really well. I got 64 points and currently 30th in the league. So slowly climbing up that league at Liverpool. I can't really like my team. But as I always say, there's a long way to go. Only match week 15. Not even halfway there yet. So we'll see how the season unfolds. But that's the conclusion of the show. So thank you guys for tuning in. If you haven't already, please don't forget to like, comment and subscribe. I will be hoping to do some more content, maybe do a match preview for the League Cup games. Uh, if you follow me on social media, so you can follow me at AussieFTP on Twitter or Aussie.FTP on Instagram. If I do any new content that I haven't announced, follow me on social. You'll get all of the sort of latest links and any comments regarding big news like today. A lot of big news around Liverpool and Southampton there, so... So, yeah, make sure you follow me and, yeah, drop a DM as well if you want to have a discussion. I'm all there when it comes to football. So, so yeah, so that's me for tonight. So, thank you for tuning, guys, as always. Take care, stay safe, and I hope to see you all very soon. Good night. Mm-hmm.